Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and a 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie. Monday morning, the 11th of October. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11 a.m. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. Kian Corla, as we stand here today, um, I believe there is so much in our country that we can be proud of. Full employment, a growing economy, budget surpluses, a national debt that is falling, a population that is rising, and now a plan to secure the future. We can never take any of this for granted, and we must always strive to do better. Today's budget provides help to households and businesses. It reaffirms our commitment to good quality public services and to investment in modern infrastructure. It seeks to unlock the further potential in the enterprise sector. It underpins our determination to tackle climate change and the budget seeks to make the future safer for all of us. We face challenges for sure, but we face them from a position of strength and we face them together. I commend this budget to the House. In the history of the state, when a minister celebrates billions of additional euros in the state's coffers, when so many children are condemned to homelessness or forced to wait for years for critical surgery. And the question I ask, is that the society we want to build? Because today's budget offers no more hope to these children than they had yesterday. It has failed them again. A budget is about setting out a path for the future. It's about setting a vision of our values, a vision and values that are about compassion, that are about dignity and respect. And this government and this budget needs to be judged on that basis. And on that basis, it has clearly failed. And when the eye-catching budget intervention on housing, our tax relief for landlords and mortgage interest relief, what's left of your credibility is gone, is gone. Now, reintroducing mortgage interest relief is an interesting use of public money. Those on fixed rate mortgages, those who fixed their rates last year or the year before, are rightly asking today, what about me? And it seems you'll need, as far as what we know about this scheme, two years of mortgage interest statements to qualify for the scheme. So what about those who are on fixed Mortgages. And what happens next year, for example, if somebody comes off a fixed rate onto a very, into a very, very different interest rates environment? That's a question, and it's populism, this government uh, cannot seem to answer. Housing for all is a busted flush. In the lifetime of your signature plan, all we've got to thank you for is a 50% rise in homelessness, record rents and record house prices. 4,000 homeless children, and you swear blind that your grand plan is working. Your plan is failing, and today's budget tells me 
all you're going to do is fail better. The budget fails to tackle the lack of affordable housing, the huge waiting lists for basic health care, the absence of social care for so many older people, the threadbare disability services that deny thousands of children with disabilities the ability to reach their full potential, soaring costs that make life unaffordable for so many. Instead, the status quo of increased privatisation and erosion of key public services will continue. It's about prioritising profit and a good return on investment rather than what's in the public interest. When governments facilitate or even encourage this, they betray their citizens. This betrayal stems from a philosophy or ideology which doesn't understand the importance of equality as a means to bring about social and economic success. It's a mindset which doesn't appreciate the huge benefits of universal public services and sees the provision of public services as being some kind of necessary evil for those who can't afford to go private. This budget could have been transformative. Instead, its legacy will be more of the same. And although we don't have a figure from the government for 2022, we know that the corporate tax revenue has jumped to an incredible 24 billion, extrapolating from previous years. That means we are well over 300 billion now in pre-tax profits for the corporations. Enormous increases in their profits. That they are the winners and the government protect them. And in fact, they've given them an additional tax break to compensate them for the 15%, the increase to 15% in the nominal corporate tax rate. They've given them another big loophole so they won't really pay any additional tax, which by changing the research and development tax credit, currently worth 750 million a year, all going to those same super profitable corporations. And they've increased uh, the R&D tax credit from 25% to 30% tens of tens of millions to go with extra money to companies already enjoying obscene, staggering profits, while ordinary people are being crushed with the cost of living in a housing crisis. I suppose we shouldn't be surprised from this government. Not spending every cent today, living some aside for tomorrow. Helping with the cost of living, but changing that help as inflation slows. Spending more on public services and building more homes, more schools, and better public transport, but not basing that spending on money we may not always have. This is why this budget will help with the cost of living, will help with better public services, and will give more children a better start in life. And that is why I commend Budget 2024 to the House. The conflicting views of government and opposition politicians on Budget 24. You've been listening to Pascal Donoghue, Richard Boyd Barrett, Roisin Shorthall, Jed Nash, Pierce Doherty and Michael McGrath. Such an opportunity for a government to have billions of euro to spend or was it the missed opportunity opposition claim because of how the money will be used? Well, you're welcome to share your thoughts. 0419832000, the telephone number, text or WhatsApp 086 
1-800-658-658. Email michael at lmfm.ie. We'll debate yesterday's budget now with Fine Gael TD for Louth and East Mead, Fergus O'Dowd, and Rory Murakou, who's a Sinn Féin TD for Louth and East Mead. Good morning to both of you and thanks for joining us on the programme. Fergus O'Dowd, it is an enviable position that the government found itself in yesterday with so much money at its disposal. We'll talk about how that money is going to be spent, but has it gone overboard and decided to spend too much? This would appear to be the view of the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council, which says that it is seriously concerned about how much the government has gone in terms of breaching its own 5% spending rule and that this budget is likely to add to inflation and leaving inflation higher for longer. What do you make of that? Well, Michael, I think, thank you for having me on. I think the first thing is that in terms of the money that we're putting into a special fund, it's a sovereign wealth fund uh, which is preparing for the future. So the windfall taxes are being put into a special fund which will be used for future needs in our economy after 2041. So it's a long-term savings and that will amount to over $100 billion, we hope, by in the next 2035. Uh, we're also putting into $14 billion. Uh, We're building up uh, for capital expenditure so that if and when the economy changes, uh, that there will be there will be capital spending. There will be money in a special account to meet transport infrastructure and climate change needs as we go on. So uh, uh, while I accept and respect the views of of the experts, uh, the politicians are saying this is the way to plan for the future. And that's what we're doing. But along with that, we're looking after people who are working, people who are paying the highest rate of tax Hmm. on income below uh, the average wage. And we're also looking after people on welfare uh, by increasing pensions and regular payments by 12 euros. But the point Uh, remains the same, does it not? Uh, If you're fueling inflation, you're cutting your nose off despite your face, are you not? Well, but the problem is inflation is there already. And indeed, looking at the commentary of the Business Post, they, they accept in their commentary that, that the government is right to do what it's doing and is prudent and wise. Inflation is going down. It was higher last year. The expectation this year that it will reduce is still having a huge impact on the cost of living for everybody. I think last year was 8.1. This year it's about 5.3%. Hopefully it'll go down to 29 next year. Mm. And that will reduce interest rates and reduce living. But as you and I know, Michael, there's a war going on in the Middle East and God knows what could happen there if energy production and oil is affected. And that happened before. Uh, we can remember back in the 70s where it destroyed economies again. And when it it comes uh, to the increase in spending, I don't think uh, the government parties uh, would have been alone in that respect because I think every... uh, political party in the country would have breached that spending rule. But you're obviously concerned about energy costs. Uh, do you think that the government will be back to the drawing board in terms of helping people to address the increase in the cost of energy? Yes, Michael, absolutely. Uh, there's 450 in energy, three different energy credits, one before Christmas, two after it. Uh, the VAT cut on gas and electricity remains uh, the 20% reduction on public transport remains and it's been extended to young people between the ages of 23 and 25. And then you have the different lump sums 
you have the reduction in childcare costs, you have the pre-primary schools and post-primary books to, uh, to, to, to junior cycle. So you have a lot of good things there, but people on social welfare who feared, who feared the most yeah. for the future, uh, they will have a double payment at Christmas, a double payment in January with children. You'll have a double child benefit. There'll be a lump sum for the working family payments of 400 euros. Uh, living a loan allowance of one of 200 euros in November. Mm. Um, but will you know, that so be enough? I mean, when, yeah. when when the price of home heating oil goes up by 20 euro a, a May, will mm-hmm. that be enough? And that could be uh, increased further because of what's happening in the Middle East. It, it could, Michael. And that's why, that's why there is a 2 billion figure in the budget, which has been passed by the doll, but it has not been allocated, but will be spent next year. And that's okay. the love for issues like that. Monty. All right, Rory O'Muraku, as I say, is on the line. Uh, what are your thoughts on yesterday's uh, announcements and will it help people to get through the winter months in particular ahead? Well, look, Michael, I think you've said to me before, you wouldn't expect me to come in and congratulate any government, but uh, I think there's been an abject failure in relation to dealing with the biggest cost of living issue that people are facing, and obviously that is housing across the board. And while we push the government in relation to what they're doing, as in the small break for renters, you know, uh, in relation to the tax relief that has gone from 500 to 750, you've all heard the difficulties in relation to how that's administered. But see, without capping rents, without capping rents for a number of years, that's just money that's going to end up going to landlords. So it's an abject failure. And look, we haven't seen a sufficient amount of money being put into the fact of dealing with the real issue in housing, and that is supply. We are talking about proposing, we had proposed 1.74 billion to deliver 21,000 social and affordable homes. That's what needs to happen. Like that, 7,300 more than the government target, and we all know the difficulty the government has in relation to uh, delivering on its targets. Like last year, their capital spend was 2.6 billion uh, in relation to housing, and it doesn't look any different uh, this year. Now, we've obviously heard commentary to the contrary, but I think on some level that's that's government playing around with figures, you know, and talking about approved housing bodies and all the rest of it. We need to see targets. We need to see targets delivered upon. That is huge. While we welcome some of the cost of living measures, and I would say, in fairness, we have pushed government and other members of opposition have in relation to dealing with, you know, the, the, the lived realities that people have on, on a day-to-day basis. Many, many of these things are one-off. So, yeah, they may be welcome, but they will be gone afterwards. You know, we had proposed 1.7 billion uh, additional investment in permanent expenditure. Right, the government in the social protection field is only talking about 1.1 billion, and as I say, unfortunately, a lot of it are the one-offs. And as I say, even in the stuff that they have followed us on, they haven't delivered as regards what our plans were. Uh, the other thing I'd say is... They've gone further, though, failure. the pensions. Ten euro, as Sinn Féin suggested, uh, for pensioners, uh, the government uh, is giving 12. Yes, and, and, and look, and we all welcome any increase across the board. Like we, We've always said on some level that we need to get away from those sort of increases in relation to social protection being taken out of the budgetary cycle and being um, index linked on some level. And I think that's the piece of work we'd like to see done in relation to that. But as I say, see the big ticket affairs, if we're talking about health, um, we had some sort of claim. If you had read the proposals from government Mm. yesterday, it looked like you were talking about 2,500 more beds. 
as it turned out, that's not actually the case. You're talking about beds that were already um, mm-hmm. in train and largely delivered upon. So the fact okay. is that we know the huge overspend that there is in health. At this point in time, we don't see anything other than um, keeping pace with what monies are in there. So yeah. we expect well, that that there's little or no additional year. money to exactly. health uh, over the course of uh, the next year. Let me go back to Fergus O'Dowd uh, because if it was a missed opportunity, the opposition claim it was particularly in health and in housing. No additional money at all to either sector at a, a time when the government is awash with money. Were you disappointed with that? No, Michael, I think the fact is the health spend actually this year, that's the next year, would be £22.5 billion. That's the biggest spend that there's ever been on health, and it's mm. bigger than any other department. So the other point is that uh, I accept I would love to see a lot more money spent on health, but the fact is that our population is growing. Uh, number one, there's huge numbers increase in our population nationally. Mm, but the spend on health is identical to last year. But I want to make the point is that people the, are the living sp- longer. No, the spend on health is identical to last year. Uh, the spend yeah. on health this year will be £22.5 billion. Last year was £21.1 billion, but it has overrun by at least a billion, possibly £2 billion. So if, uh, it has, yes. It so, has, so, it, so that uh, allocation of £22.5 billion could actually result in there being less money available to the health services than there was this well, year. It's certainly, it's certainly a very difficult area, and I agree absolutely with you on that. Mm. Uh, but and you're quite right. There, there is but there's no additional money for for and health, and that was the question. Are you disappointed with that? And are you disappointed that there's no additional money available for housing? Um, well, uh, well, just on the housing issue, uh, just just on the facts on housing, uh, Rory there was talking about supply. And actually, in Loud, in County Loud, where we both live at the moment, the number of units commenced since 2020 is 3,348 houses. The number of planning permissions is over 6,300. If you look at the north of Drogheda, uh, the northern crossroad is going ahead, and there's going to be something like 5,000 new homes there, many of which have commenced. Okay, so but no new money for housing. There, but uh, no new money for housing. Are, but there is adequate money to meet the needs that are there, Michael. Okay, Rory O'Murku, let me put that point to Rory O'Murku. We're doing well. Rory O'Murku, we don't need more money for housing. Well, I'd like you to go out on the street and tell people that, particularly those that can't cancel houses, those that are checking daft.ie and cannot you know, find a location from a point of view of renting or cannot find a house that is affordable to them. We know that there has been last year no affordable house supply from Loud County Council. And we all welcome uh, housing that has happened in an awful lot of cases. Housing happens in County Loud in those places where builders can get a bang for a buck. And why we welcome that element, we know that the state has not done anywhere next to near what needs to be done. As I said before, the government figures and targets that they aren't able to meet don't cut the mustard. But the fact is, if you're if you're talking about this being their almost budget by um, budget, and there's an insufficient amount or any sort of increase in relation to housing, when the biggest issue right across the board is housing, housing, housing. And even what they introduced in relation to mortgage interest relief has left a huge amount of people out of it. 
you know, and again, that's another thing that we pushed and we pushed and we pushed and became part of the narrative. And you're dealing with a huge amount of people who are under severe pressure at this point in time. But the government deemed that there was a considerable amount of them that mm. it could just uh, leave out of the equation. No, mm. look, this is an abject failure. Housing is the biggest issue that is facing the people. We all know there is a health crisis also. And if you only consider on those two parts, the government has abjectly failed. OK, come back, Fergus O'Dowd, if you will, because I, I think you were saying that you weren't suggesting that we don't need more money for housing. No, I, I didn't say that, Mike. Um, but you said we're doing grand as we are. No, 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 what I'm saying loud, loud, you know, mm. Mike. Uh, but the question is the national allocation to housing, uh, which there's been no additional money. Uh, and I asked you if that was a disappointment to you. Yeah, no, of course I would see more houses being built. What I'm saying is that there are more houses being built in loud than ever before. And regardless of what he says, the fact is that you have over 3,348 houses uh, being built in Loud right now, and that you have over 6,000. Okay, but we. So the issue is, the, the issue is. The so, issue so we don't need more money. That's your point, isn't it? We're, 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 yeah, I, I have not, Michael. The problem is, if I can make the, the issue for you, is that the problem is the skills in the economy. We were building 90,000 houses a year when the economy collapsed. It dropped to under 5,000. It's now up to at least 28, 29,000, which is the largest number of houses built in many, many years. Mm. So we are making significant progress, but we're, there are sh- skill shortages as well. Okay, just, I'm, I'm running over have. time, so I want to conclude on that with Rory Amurico. Do you accept that, uh, that uh, there is no uh, point in putting more money into housing because you won't be able to build the houses, because you won't be able to get the people to do the work? Well, if you were working on the basis the government was, that would be the case. But the fact is, when you have a shortage, you have to make up for it. On some level, if that's looking for people from abroad, that's one thing. Obviously, accommodation will be a problem. But look, how long have we been talking about modern modes or methods of construction? And that's everything from what has been used for years in relation to timber frame right through to 3D concrete printing into modular builds. And we all know companies that have put forward uh, proposals in relation to being able to scale up. We haven't seen any of this being operated to the degree it would need to be and the fact is like I have said many times before the problem is the government was too late to the game in relation to seeing how disastrous the housing crisis was and the absolute need. And look, well, we haven't even got on to the disability issues no. or anything where there was, once again, we just didn't see government putting the money where its mouth is. And, and Ferguson will be like myself. He'll be dealing with parents that can't access services in the near future. Mm-hmm. And we'll be, be trying to deal with all this stuff clientelistically. You know what I mean? Or, 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 or for that matter, in relation to housing, how the government is planning to spend €244 million Euro on homelessness service next year. We leave it there for the moment, though. Thank you both indeed for joining us uh, this morning. Rory Murakushin, Fain TD for Loud and East Meath, and Fergus O'Dowd, Finnegal TD for Loud and East Meath. Michael Reed on LMFM. Thanks to Stephen in Drogheda for contacting us uh, to tell us that he's sick and tired when uh, the government plans for the budget, when they think it's a brilliant budget, giving millions of euro away, especially to charities abroad, and then they can't look after their own people. 
people a miserable 12 euro for the cost of living fuel allowance what's that he says uh, three 150 lump sums from all the energy sector has made over the past year and again we have to wait until January instead of having it now come the next general election I uh, certainly won't uh, they certainly won't be getting my vote said Stephen wake up and cop on uh, the government give us what we want uh, we'd Sean then whatsapping us as well he says it's painful to have to listen to Michal Martin same old mantra he just cannot complete a sentence without ranting about Sinn Féin what on earth is he on about Sinn Féin didn't cause the financial crash or the housing crisis I think Michal is tired and he needs a break before he cracks up completely says Sean thanks for that Deirdre in touch uh, saying they need to cut waiting lists in hospitals Uh, the winter is coming and health will need much more money it's time that they invested in health especially with the increase in the population Eamon no party texting us saying Michael Jed Nash talking more bull about Fine Gael not too long ago he and his so-called Labour Party were in government with the same Fine Gael his government brought Ireland's austerity and the ordinary Irish people are still being tortured by this says Eamon Patton Balbriggan says comment of the week uh, as far as he's concerned uh, was from a Fine Gael minister Ireland is a great country for children does he not know there is over 3,000 children without a home of their own in this lovely country thanks Pat in Balbriggan close to 4,000 at this stage unfortunately uh, the reality of that Jim is in Navin and he says Michael uh, it's hard to believe uh, the way Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil look on people's behaviour he said Damien English was sitting in the doll yesterday as if nothing ever happened he must think people will forget about his antics before the next election thanks Jim and Navin for that uh, actually Damien English will be with us a little bit later on in the programme today Jed Nash who was mentioned earlier on uh, will be with us a little bit later on in the programme today in fact we'll be hearing right across Louth and Meath and getting wall to wall reaction to yesterday's budget announcement and uh, of course we want to hear from you if you want to add to what's been said and share your thoughts with us our phone number if you want to ring or one nine eight three two thousand. that's o four one nine eight three two thousand. you can send us a text message or whatsapp your text to us 086 1800 and you can also make comment by emailing michael at lmfm.ie Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM. Now let's hear from uh, the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, who's a TD for me these. Good morning to you, Minister, and thank you uh, indeed uh, for joining us morning, on uh, the programme. Uh, it's uh, a big budget that you'll preside over in uh, the Justice Department next year. The largest budget uh, on record, a budget of €3.5 billion. Euro. Will it be enough uh, to iron out some of the problems uh, that have uh, been very evident in recent months? Well, look, Michael, as you said, this is uh, a budget of 3.5 billion euro. Um, that includes additional funding for um, current and uh, capital spend as well. But really what I've tried to do in this budget is make sure that we invest in the people that work in the justice sector, that we invest in the services and that we support people, uh, be it victims of crime, uh, be it those who need services. Um, the Garda budget itself is the largest it's ever been. It's a budget of 2.3 billion euro. Uh, and as I said, what I've tried to do 
uh, is invest in the Gardaí themselves, making sure that we have more of them, but also investing um, in the technology, the tools, the equipment, the resources that they need to be able to do their job as effectively as possible. So, for example, I've provided funding to allow for recruitment of up to a thousand Gardaí, and that's making sure that when we look at next year's recruitment, money is absolutely not a problem here. Uh, and obviously, there's a lot of work being done to make sure that we have new recruitment campaigns to have that steady flow of people coming through. Mm. Um, acknowledging as well that uh, in order for people to come into the college and, and to start training. There has been a Garda allowance at a rate of €183 Euro a week for some time now. I've increased that by 66%, so that now is increasing to €305, Euro, um, trying to, to support uh, and resource uh, members in their training in so far as we possibly can. Uh, on top of that, then, we have increased money for wellness programmes, for medical programmes for Gardaí, but also investing in the, you know, things like clothing, like armour, equipment that they have and, and things that they need uh, to, to do their job effectively. But there are so many different elements to this as well. People will know, and, and I spoke to you about this before, of the really challenging trend that we've seen on our roads this year and the further investment that's required to try and bring down the number of road deaths uh, and so the increase in go safe bans that we announced this year that will be continued next year. So there's an extra three and a half million euro specifically to invest in go safe bans so that we have increased uh, presence on our roads, that we try and reduce the amount of speeding that's happening and, and most importantly that we reduce the number of deaths that we've seen. Um, and then look, you know, you look at other areas and I know we've talked about Michael challenges around antisocial behaviour, challenges, um, you know, in dealing with young people in certain instances, there is an increase uh, of over six and a half million euro specifically to target and to work with young people in the youth justice sector, making sure that we have targeted interventions, uh, but also looking at community safety as a whole. And this will allow us to set up a community safety office, which will see community partnerships similar to what we have in Drogheda have been expanded right across the country. Um, if I could, maybe just one area, as you'll know, that I've really focused and prioritised over the last number of years as well as domestic and sexual violence. Uh, and what we have in this year's budget is an increase of over 12 million euro that will go directly into supporting services. So like the Mead Women's Refuge, like the Rape Crisis Centre in, in, in Loud, like the, the Dundalk Refuge, it will go directly into expanding their services as well as making mm. sure we have capacity to do even more in that space. Um, but that's, you know, th- th- okay. there's a lot in this budget. It's, it's three and a half billion euro and it is really about investing in the people working in it but also provide the service. But what about the people? There, the, you've allocated uh, enough money to recruit a, a thousand Gardaí, but does that mean that a thousand Gardaí will be recruited? Uh, the Garda Representative Association gave a, a cautious welcome uh, to the allocations yesterday, but made the point that in 2021 we were promised 800 new recruits, uh, but just 300 came through. A thousand promised for this year, but they said there'll be just over 600. Uh, so there's no guarantee that despite the funding being available that uh, everything is in place to attract people into the force? Well look in terms of the overall numbers it's been much slower than I'd like and you're right last year we gave enough money to make sure that if a thousand recruits uh, came through the college that funding would not be an issue what we'll probably reach by the end of this year is 800 if not slightly over um, so I know that we have a larger class coming into Templemore now in the next week and we'll have a further class at the end of the year. So while it's not the thousand number I'd hope for, it should be just over 800. And what I want to do is build on that. So I'm going to make sure that money is not an option here. But 
again, it's about making sure that we don't just get the numbers in, that we keep people when they're there. So the mm. training allowance was really important that we increase that and we support people when which, they're training. Which the GRA but says is still below the living wage uh, and uh, there are other problems, as we know, such as uh, the rosters. Uh, obviously, the Garda Commissioner has buckled. He's caved in to the Garda Represented Association Industrial Action in relation to that. But that's going to cost more, isn't it? Uh, is this 63 million extra that you have for Ongarda Shia Khan are going to be enough to cover the extra cost of rosters and overtime and recruitment? Well, firstly, on, on the training college, I, I acknowledge that obviously you have people with families and people with bills and we want to support them in as much as possible. So the 305 only goes away towards that. People will obviously get their food and their bed covered. And when they are out in the stations, they get additional money per shift that they work. So insofar as possible, we're supporting people in that regard. In terms of the rosters, I mean, you know, I, I've said consistently the only way that we move forward on the roster issue is by people talking and engaging. And we had a series of meetings over the last number of weeks, which I'm really pleased to say have resulted in a situation where now people are in talks where they're discussing how we can move this forward. Um, the roster that we currently have at the moment, while obviously it was put in place during COVID, uh, it does rely an awful lot on overtime. It actually is quite a costly roster, but to be honest, that has never been the issue here. It's about making sure we have a roster that works for Gardaí mm. and that also provides the right service. So the increase in money for Garda this year is actually about £172 million. So that's to cover the new recruits, it's to cover the increase in the training allowance, it's to cover the additional overtime, it's to make sure that we have the money that we need, whatever the roster might be. And obviously that will be worked through in the coming weeks and months. Yeah. And, and I have absolute confidence that we'll have a new roster that works for everybody. Um, but do, I've tried do you continue to, to have confidence provide in, enough money. Do you continue to have confidence in the Commissioner? Because the Commissioner said he, he was not for turning, that he was going to revert to the old rosters on the 10th of November. Uh, he caved in. Uh, is a Commissioner, uh, is Drew Harris's position tenable as Commissioner if he can't assert his authority? Well, firstly, I have absolute confidence in him um, and what we have seen in the negotiations um, on the 6th. We actually have returned to somewhat of a hybrid model, so it is not that everybody will revert back to the previous roster. Uh, what was agreed and discussed and negotiated and, and um, a conclusion reached was that a certain number would stay on what is the four-on-four-off, the COVID roster, and other cohorts, so like road traffic units, like the community policing, the detective units, the special um, divisional protective units, which deal with sexual assault and, and domestic violence, they will move back to the previous roster. So there is a, you know, you could say there was a compromise here where sides mm. have come together and reached an agreement to make sure that we could move forward. Well, and, it would seem like a victory of sorts for the Garda Representative Association. Uh, it's clearly a victory for barristers uh, as well, given uh, the first step in unwinding the FEMPI cuts that was announced yesterday. Well, look, I was pleased to make progress on this. Um, and I do acknowledge that fees were cut um, back in 2011 and before that, um, and there hasn't been any uh, changes to those fees. So I was really pleased to make some sort of progress. Um, what we've seen is a 10% um, restoration or a reintroduction of 10% of fees that were cut uh, in years gone past. 
and what I have given a commitment to the um, the various different associations, the Bar Council and the Law Society, is that we would now engage to look at the overall structure. We need to make sure that we have a criminal justice system that functions, that we have people coming into the profession who are there not just to support defendants, but that they are supporting the DPP and those who are prosecuting cases, and that we have a fair system and that there is uh, fairness in terms of the fees that they receive, but also that it's an effective and efficient system. And what this does is very much complement the work that we are doing now in reviewing overall the criminal legal aid scheme. So for the very first time, uh, a judge would be able to ask for an assessment of means of a person who seeks criminal legal aid, and then maybe based on that, be able to ask them to contribute where they haven't in the past. Um, So there's a lot of work happening in this space, but I acknowledge the barristers and the solicitors themselves have a huge role to play in this, and so I was really pleased to be able to make progress, but I acknowledge that there is still more work to do in that regard. Overall, Minister, uh, do you think uh, people will be better in 12 months from now, better off, that is, than 12 months from now, as a a result of what was announced yesterday? Well, look, this is a, a budget of 14 billion euros, so that's 14 billion additional that's been spent um, and put into our economy. And the decision was taken to provide insofar as we can for people to put money back in people's pockets, to reduce people's tax burdens, to invest in resources and into into services. Um, And just if you were to take, for example, um, a person who is single, who's working, who's perhaps only out of college, who's a renter, when you take the increase in the minimum wage, when you take the tax credit that will apply to them, the increase in the band uh, of the USC, the electricity credit of €450 that everybody will get, and then potentially if they're renting a tax credit, public transport, you have a potential for somebody there to have over €3,500 back in their pockets by the end of the year next year. And that's not a small amount of money. I acknowledge that people are finding it very challenging, particularly with inflation uh, and costs at the moment. But that's just one example where we know because of the measures that are being put in place, people will see a reduction uh, in what they're spending, but more importantly, that they'll be able to take home more at the end of the day. And you can look at different examples, whether it's married couples, whether it's people with children where childcare is reducing by half, whether it's people uh, who are pensioners who are availing of the fuel allowance will get additional bonus before Christmas. There were many measures there, and I acknowledge people might wish that we had gone further in certain areas, but at the same time, we have to acknowledge the world is a very dynamic, changing place. We need to make sure that we have reserves in place for potential issues that might arise in the future. Mm, and that's yeah, exactly and, or are unfolding uh, in the Middle East uh, as we speak. Minister, I have to leave there for the moment. Thank you very much indeed, though, for joining us on the programme today. The Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, is the Fine Gael TD from Mid East. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM. Now to debate a budget 24, we're joined uh, by the Labour Party spokesperson on finance, Jed Nash, who's a TD for Loud and East Meath. And we're also joined by Thomas Byrne, who is uh, the Minister for Sport and uh, Fianna Fáil TD for me these and a very good morning to both of you and thank you indeed for joining us on the programme. Before the headlines Minister we heard from Minister McEntee saying there's increases for everybody a, a little bit for everybody if you like. Uh, do you think that that was the right approach or, or should those uh, who are in most need have been targeted better? I think that's what's exactly happened that people who need it most uh, get it most. And all of the budgets that have had a Fianna Fáil stamp on them, not just in this government, but with the Conference and Supply Agreement as well, actually benefited the poorest most. Uh, and that's what our objective is. And there'll be independent analysis done of that, I'm sure, very, very soon, probably by the ES- ESRI or whoever. 
I haven't seen it yet if it's yeah. out. But you're going uh, to hear criticism in the moment. I'll hear no, criticism that, of that, but I, but but I know the, for a fact that... Like you've given money for nothing to people who we didn't really. ask for it, didn't we, want we it, haven't. don't need it. No, we haven't, Michael. I mean, the, the, the ratio of expenditure to tax is way off the charts. We're spending way more money than, mm. than, we're, adding in, or than we're giving back in tax. And the reality is that's to help the most vulnerable society, is to help the economy, is to help the, the society become climate resilient as well. And we are targeting the measures, and there's a huge number of targeted social welfare measures that only those get. For example, the €300 Euro lump sum for fuel allowance. Fuel allowance is only got by those who are the poorest in society. They're getting that. And yes, we are giving €450 Euro in electricity credits to everybody, including those in fuel mm. allowance, uh, because the middle-income people need it. But there's far more been given to those who need it. Uh, and I think that's really, really important. And it shows that we're a caring society. We look after people and we do our best with the money that's available because the money that's available is not unlimited. OK, maybe we'll take up on that €450 Euro that everybody, rich and poor, will receive. You were very critical of that yesterday, Jed Nash. Yeah, not, not for the first time. Um, I said in my contribution yesterday that, used the, the phrase, it's a bit hackneyed at this stage, that it's a late, late show budget. To some point, everybody's getting something, everybody's getting a touch, but nobody's getting a real helping hand. It is spread quite thinly. I did say, though, it's it's a bit of a repeat of last year's budget. It's really in the year's budget, the repeat of the rerun of last year. I say that because there's a, an over-reliance here on once-off measures that are going to melt away like snow in a ditch at the end of the year or early next year. And what Thomas says is, is, is right. This could be considered in the overall, in the round, as a progressive budget, uh, one that does benefit the least well off but when you strip away the once off measures uh, you've got real structural problems at low pay in this country real structural problems in terms of how our social protection system works uh, we have huge concerns over the fact that for example I mean the tax package is 1.3 billion euros the social protection package is 1.1 billion euros if you look at budget 2024 proper and the biggest concern I expressed yesterday and, and one of the comments I made that's probably attracted the most attention was the commitment that the Taoiseach made. He stood up in the doll when he asked Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and Green Party members to elect him again as Taoiseach. He said he would embark on a mission to eradicate child poverty. There were some good measures in the budget. There's no doubt about it in terms of child poverty. Lots of the measures are universal in terms of school books, something the Labour Party's been campaigning for for years. Only goes up to junior cert, school meals uh, and other measures. But the thing he could have done yesterday to make a real difference would be to increase the qualified child payment on social Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Welfare benefits for the least well-off families in this country to give children a good start in life. Did that by €4. We proposed €15. And I think really his commitment to 
eliminate and eradicate child poverty is is really in question um th- this morning i think there's 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 no doubt about that and from that point of view i'd be very very uh, disappointed indeed and thomas Byrne. Look, I mean, on the commitment to eradicate child poverty, that is real. And in fact, there are, there's a cabinet subcommittee on that. And I'm actually a member of it as Minister for Sport as well. How can we contribute from our, from our side? And I have to say, I think items like the free school meals are absolutely transformative. Um, Delique, uh, the two schools in Delique got free school meals as part of the DESH programme, maybe within the last two years. And I think that's been transformative there. And I think we can do another 900 schools out of the money here. And it would make a real difference because there are kids going to school uh, hungry and that can't be allowed to happen. And we've targeted already... Uh, the areas that are worst off effectively, the areas where there are people there who really need it. And we're going to go to another 900 schools uh, and that's going to work. Um, and I think that we, we, we the free school books as well, I think, again, at primary level, I mean, these are things that the Labour Party used to sort of look for. You kind of nearly associate yeah. with the Labour Party. We're actually doing them now, Jed. I'm glad to do them. And they are making a real difference. The things you can do in government, that's important. Yeah. It is important. I acknowledge that. Absolutely, it is. Mm. Yeah, and you acknowledge all of the measures when you take them in the round, uh, the absolutely. welfare increases, uh, the double child benefit payment. Uh, yeah, once off measures, though. This, the this, this the is energy the credits, the school books, the, the, well, the, the energy school credits, meals. You know, you, I mean, when you put it all together, uh, there's far less outgoings for parents, are there not? The, absolutely, there, there is. But, you know, if, if you if you strip it all back, and, and this is the problem the over reliance on once off measures, if there were social welfare increase for pensioners, carers, um, people with disabilities. This time last year, we wouldn't be in a situation where government has to spend €2.7 billion in insulating uh, the least well-off in society as best we can in the middle of what's still a cost-of-living crisis. Uh, I heard Deputy O'Dowd earlier on, other government deputies yesterday and ministers saying, well, inflation is decreasing. Uh, What you forget as well, of course, is that prices will probably not go down to where they were pre this crisis for a long, long time. And it's people who are on fixed and low incomes who are most impacted by increased grocery prices, increased fuel prices. Last night, I spent two hours in the doll. These are the things that kind of happen off camera when RTE switches off the cameras. Uh, the financial resolutions last night, the excise uh, increase on fuel and petrol, mm. that's been delayed now till April. Uh, I brought forward a motion, f- three, four amendments, in fact, uh, to that motion to actually extend it to the next budget so we could review it then. We don't know what's going to happen in the Middle East. The mm. conflagration that, that happened on, so it's going to have huge implications, obviously for the people of Israel and the peace, people of Gaza principally, but the knock-on effect that's going to have on crude oil prices, on the price of fuel, the most, we simply don't know, so we need to keep an open mind um, on that. Uh, housing, there's nothing in the budget yesterday for people who are waiting for a social or affordable home. Uh, the reality is that the capital budget more generally actually only went up by €250 million. Euro. That was flagged in the summer economic statement. Uh, that doesn't even keep pace with construction. Inflation could actually potentially see a real cut in the, no, uh, in, what, in the small but, amount of but homes. But what the budget did yesterday to, was fund the existing plans that government Fund existing plans. And to be fair, government yeah. doesn't, doesn't make any bones no. about that. Mm-hmm. They're say, not saying that those mm-hmm. um, uh, th- those targets are, are, are going, going to change. Mm-hmm. One of the most bizarre things well, happened yesterday... Well, just, just one second. Hold that thought for a second because yeah. I want to bring the Minister back in on that. Should more have been done on housing, do you think, Minister? Well, look, there's going to be €5.1 billion Euro spent on housing mm-hmm. uh, next year. And I mean, the point is... But that was already planned. That's it, the point. But that but we're that's making. the point. We have yeah. a plan. Yeah. It's called Housing for all. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that plan is a multi-annual plan. Uh, we have 
set out money on a multi-annual basis so we don't have to keep coming back at every budget fighting for the money. Uh, there are targets there. We're reaching those targets. We want to exceed those targets mm. um, and, and create new targets. And that's going to create extra, that's going to need extra funding. And that, there'll be a review of the national development plan that will, will happen now, actually. And in fact, my own area of sport will be part of that. Um, so, so that's really important. And there are record numbers of, well, record numbers of social houses have been provided for 50 years. Uh, it's the highest number of, of houses in general being built since the recession. And we've got to make sure, and this is what Housing for All does, make sure that we have actually a plan that allows that to happen. Because it's all right yeah. saying we have targets. But if you look at Housing for All, you have to look at development plans, you have to look at planning permissions, you have okay. to look at environmental issues, yeah. you have to look at water, sewerage, electricity, mm. all these things that allow houses Sometimes to less complicated. Should you have done more on the vacant property tax and should you have done more uh, on people who are hoarding land? Uh, that uh, tax has been postponed out for another year. Look, it's been it's been postponed for a year and there are arguments for or against that. I think what's happened is, and the local authorities really need to look at this, there were there are gen- look, there are cases there where people shouldn't be hoarding the land and need to, they need to be taxed out of it, to be honest, and they, they really need to be, you need to make this land available. But there are, I have come across, now only a very small number mm. of genuine cases where a farmer's farmyard would have to be sold for housing or they pay the tax. And, and I think it's just, it's to give a chance to the local authorities to, re, to look at this again. And also in the case of Mead County Council, for example, the, and I think all the local authorities, there'll be a new development plan or at least a major variation of it next year. And that will give a chance to get this right. And what I'm looking at now in terms, again, it's literally one or two cases uh, of severe hardship for people. What I'm looking at is that there didn't seem to be any engagement between the local authority and and particularly a small number of small farmers. And I think that that needs to happen. Maybe it was COVID, but these are people who didn't, didn't look for their land to okay. be zoned mm. and who certainly can't afford... What do you make of that point, Chad Nash? That, that, that actually was a point that would have been raised with um, some of us who were at the Plymouth Championships, for example, a small number of farmers who found mm. themselves in, 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 in those situations. Then you have to ask as well, well why did some ask, ask for a land to be rezoned? <laughs> yeah, but that's, I agree place. with that point. I mean, I have no sympathy, Jed, if they, if they ask for the land to be rezoned, uh, absolutely, but there are cases where they didn't and uh, had no contact whatsoever. Mm, like, uh, 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 understood. But... Uh, you know, if you look at the signature initiatives announced yesterday on housing, what were they? Mm. 160 million euro in tax reliefs for landlords. That is not going to guarantee security tenure for any landlord or any renter Renting, who's, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. who's landlords involved in signing up to that system. Uh, the wedge of money that's actually been bunged over to landlords is much greater than actually what's been provided to renters in the renter tax relief. Mm. We asked for a thousand euros at seven hundred and fifty euros, uh, and would you I think not have mo- encouraged landlords to stay in the? Market? No, because I think I, th- well, I think we're looking at this then from the wrong perspective, mm. Michael. Um, of course, small landlords have a function, but they have a function in a functioning property market. There's a huge over reliance now mm. on smaller landlords, and I don't believe. I don't believe at all. I want to come on to mortgage interest relief now, and it's mm. the same principle. Mm. I don't believe, for example, that uh, a landlord who's in business, they're in the business of renting out property, um, that's their business, that they, their income should be subject to any less tax than a PAYE worker, quite frankly. That's their business. They took a business decision. Yes, there are some accidental landlords. There are people who maybe inherited a house, they're renting out for a period of time. Mm. We know that there are always these sort of exceptions. But actually, I think that one of the most crazy uh, interventions uh, we've seen in a long, long time now is the return of mortgage interest relief. And that's not me being callous. 
I'm dealing and representing, dealing well, with representing people who are in the real people, difficulty. The people who get the uh, mortgage interest relief are, are, are very lucky. They were very lucky to begin well, with because well, 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 they got well, tracker there, mortgages. There, there is that. There is that. <laughs> and now they're being lucky it again. It is incredibly difficult being to design a system that would be considered to be fair. Mm. And good luck to any minister who is going to unwind this in 12 months because that's simply not going to happen. And this is mm. what I've been warning uh, Minister McGrath and others. Uh, the reality now is, and, and I've been contacted by people over the last few days in anticipation of this mm. and I spotted this uh, and I spoke about it in the doll on three separate occasions I think over the last few months what happens for you know somebody might have fixed their mortgage a year ago or two years ago mm. there's nothing in this for them there's, it's creating division um, you know you've got a situation then where somebody comes off a fixed rate next year into a very different mortgage interest mm. rate environment you, you need two years as I understand yeah. it mortgage interest statements to give to revenue to benefit from this uh, at all and the big question is I mean it's very difficult to have a conversation mm. with anybody who's stuck in their family home in their 30s can't afford to buy their own home yeah. and are looking at this Ask this this redistribution mm. from and you know the, the less well off people uh, don't and have even as it's constructed, it could be argued that it's um, unfair if you've uh, seventy nine thousand euro. It might be unpopular for me to uh, say that, but that's, that's a, yeah. these are these are the mistakes that were made. Let, let, in the, past, let, let the minister come back made, though. Yeah. I mean, it is a case of those who got tracker rates were very lucky when they got them, and now they're being very lucky because uh, they're paying more in interest, but the government is bailing them out. Well, first of all, it's not just for people on tracker rates. You mm, could be on a you could be on a variable rate, like, and you could paid a huge amount over the last number of years um, but whether you're on a variable or a tracker or have come off a fixed rate uh, in the past while uh, your interest rate now will go will have gone up absolutely massively uh, in many cases and this would be widespread across my constituency um, it's you know four or five hundred euro per month hmm. extra uh, on hard-working families not as much as somebody whose loan was taken over by a vulture fund no and the, they could be paying nine percent they, they could be paying significantly more and I'm just out four or hmm. five hundred quid um, and they could be paying significantly more. There's no question about that. And it is limited. So if you if you have a lot of equity in your house, so if your mortgage is less than €80,000, you're not going to get it. And already we had complaints from Sinn Féin about that yesterday when I, when I was on a radio debate with them. Um, but I think that's reasonable. And it's not available for people on very high mortgages because presumably they have very high incomes and can afford to meet that. So this is targeted. We've been asked to target this. Um, and it is one-off. Uh, and it is designed to give people in the middle a break. And even mm-hmm. with that, you will see overall... Um, it pales into insignificance compared to the overall housing budget in terms of what we're doing, which is 5.1 billion, which is going to deliver more homes uh, and the supports that we have for first time buyers, uh, which is the first home scheme or the help to buy scheme. The Creek Conaha scheme as well, which is actually helping an awful lot of first time buyers, people who buy rural colleges or, or de- 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 derelict mm. places and do them up and get significant government funding, 70,000 euro. Uh, that's really helping first-time buyers. So there's a huge amount of schemes helping first-time buyers. And the one thing in common with all those schemes, I'm not sure about Labour, but most of the opposition strongly oppose them. And they're schemes to help people uh, to get their get their first home. So so we're doing a lot on that side of okay. the table. Can I just uh, finish on uh, pensions, on welfare? Um, Jed Nash, I think you'd said €25. Euros. 27 Vincent de Paul, Social Justice Ireland. Uh, 44% of average income. Age Action Ireland. Be. Many other organisations said 25 euro the government said 12 euro will it be enough minister are you worried about that look we want to make sure that people are protected uh, and i hope that it will um, i think no matter what figure the government puts forward everybody else will look for more and that's that's just the way politics and society is and and and, and, and that's just the way the budget process is but it's not just that there are so many other things there as well and you mentioned the carbon tax we mentioned the fuel allowance 
the carbon tax is actually paying for retrofits for homes, and that'll be 388 million next year. And anybody who's in the fuel allowance should be looking for the retrofit. And I accept that waiting lists are not as short as I'd like them to be, but you will get it done. Uh, and it will make a massive difference to your cost of living in your home. And I urge anybody out there on the fuel allowance, including those on domiciliary care allowance as well, um, who don't always know that they're entitled to this, they should look for this if your house is built before a certain point, I think it's 2006. Mm. Okay. They should definitely look for this, get this work done, and that will reduce. Um, and, 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 and I just need to say this about the carbon tax, that is partly what the carbon tax is paying for. And we're, we're telling lies if we tell the people that we should get rid of this. We need to do it because we need to make sure uh, that we make people's homes warmer and reduce their bills on a long-term And that would go a, a long way to shoring up the difference, would it not, between the €12 Euro and the €27.50 Euro that you were proposing, Jed Nash? Yeah, well, the carbon tax is largely ring-fenced for um, the purposes uh, of you know, retrofitting, fuel allowance uh, and, and, and other payments. Carbon tax would be regressive if that wasn't the case. Uh, ESRI and others have, have always said that it's a, it's a feature of the system. Uh, it's a feature of the system now. Uh, our argument is, and, and in fact, it's it's an argument that was accepted by Fianna Fáil as far back as 2007, that, in fact, uh, social protection rates should be benchmarked against the minimum essential standard of living, 34% of average income. It's moved away from that. In fact, the last three budgets have actually diminished the spending power of pensioners. Mm. And that's an extraordinary thing to say in the middle of a cost of living crisis and all the difficulties that people experience at the moment. It needs to be pegged back to that. In fact, what we need to do, fundamentally, I've been saying this time and time again, is to take the mystery uh, out of the budget process only in Ireland do we have a four or five month media campaign running up to the budget. Uh, I think it works for government, it works for the government of the day uh, and it works for the media as well, quite yeah. frankly. Um, talking about social welfare, talking about tax rates, we should simply decide as other grown up European democracies do to benchmark and index social welfare rates every year, say what it's going to cost in the middle of every summer, summer economic statement to do okay. it and do the same on personal tax rate okay, bans and credits. We are where we are as the saying goes and uh, we'll continue undoubtedly uh, to digest what was uh, announced yesterday over the coming days. Thank you both for coming in to us uh, this morning. That is uh, Labour Party TD for Loud and East Mead, uh, Jed Nash who's his party spokesperson on finance. Thomas Byrne is a, a Fianna Fáil TD for Mead East and the Minister for Sport. Michael Reed on LMFM. Now, some of uh, the comments coming uh, to us, uh, thanks uh, to those of you who have uh, been uh, in touch with us. Uh, we'd Jerry Ryan uh, emailing us. <laughs> thanks, uh, Jerry, for your email. Uh, he says he'd like to get some flesh and the bones of the so called bank levy to make sure that it actually has some substance and is not just a headline that will fade away into the background post budget analysis. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Jerry, uh, for that, uh, I think uh, the Banking Federation are none too pleased uh, that the levy is to be extended uh, and uh, that it will be put to the greater good of people, if you like. Uh, our email address, by the way, is michael at lmfm.ie. Uh, we'd uh, somebody else in touch wondering about uh, the increases in the budget. You have to wait seven months to get uh, a number of the increases that were talking about but uh, the likes of cigarettes and fuel go up at midnight. Why is that the case? 
Thanks. Uh, it's always the case and uh, why it is uh, the case, I, I suppose, uh, is one of uh, the reasons why the politicians were in the doll so late last night, as Jed Nash uh, was saying, uh, to vote uh, those measures through. Um, with somebody else in touch with us about uh, the cost of foster care and what can be done for foster parents uh, and uh, can uh, more be made available than the 23 million, I think it is, they're saying, uh, that was announced. Margaret in touch with us too, saying, what about old age pensioners who don't get the fuel allowance or living alone? I'm uh, 80 years of age. Uh, a member, <coughs> excuse me, a member of my family moved back home. So I cancelled my living uh, alone as I thought it was the right thing to do. When my husband died uh, a month later, I was cut off the fuel allowance and uh, my family member isn't working. Can I get help? Thanks uh, very much uh, for that. Uh, I, I think that probably uh, would uh, be worth I- investigating uh, with uh, the welfare officer, maybe through one of your local uh, public representatives. Uh, we'd uh, a message then uh, from Peter, who was uh, saying that uh, he thinks uh, that the budget was great for everybody. Uh, it looks like uh, you're going to get somewhere between a thousand and three thousand euro back in your pocket, regardless of your circumstances uh, and good to see the money that is being paid to pensioners and the increases uh, that uh, people on minimum wage will be able to enjoy over the course of the next year as well. Uh, we'd uh, somebody Deirdre saying uh, we need more Gardaí in County Meath uh, the lowest uh, amount of Gardaí per capita in uh, the country and maybe the Commissioner needs to look at that situation with the enhanced funding that there is uh, for the Garda budget. We'd love to hear from you if uh, you want to make comment on the programme today uh, as I say our telephone number is 0419832000 that's 0419832000 3000. Text or WhatsApp is 086-1800-658. Email michael at lmfm.ie. Michael, Michael Reed on LMFM. Now let's hear from politicians in uh, County Meath. Uh, Damien English, Fine Gael, TD for Meath West and Darren O'Rourke, Sinn Féin, TD for Meath East. And good morning to both of you and thank you indeed uh, for joining us on uh, the programme uh, this morning. And perhaps we can begin in County Meath. Damien English, with no additional money being made available to health next year, what will that mean for the emergency department in Navan? Is uh, that the final straw? Do you think that will result in the closure of the department this year or do you believe that uh, the government and the HSE will continue to leave this department open despite all of the caution and uh, indeed concern that there has been about how unsafe it is? Well, first of all, Michael, let's be clear, uh, all the staff at Narvan Hospital are providing an excellent service and there's thousands of people going in there uh, every year getting a top-class service. There's no doubt about that. And the future of Navan Hospital is, is guaranteed and safe. And the emergency clear, department has to close because it's unsafe. Uh, uh, and given that there's no extra money available to health, uh, there is no possibility of making it safe. So will it not close or will it just continue as an unsafe emergency department? If I can continue, Michael. A lot of protocol changes put in place last Christmas, which have worked extremely well. And most people I talk to around the hospital are, are very happy with those changes. And again, there's a top-class service being provided there to thousands of people. I think there's constant negativity around the closure of Navan Hospital. Navan Hospital is not closing, and I can confirm that. 
and to be clear, and I listened to you earlier on, there's some confusion. The health budget has increased next year. So the core funding allocated to the Department of Health has increased by nearly a billion uh, to, to recognise the increased activity that's happening mm. in Navin Hospital. And that's on what was allocated funding. last year, but last year it overran by a billion. So you're, so, you're so even. To, so to be... So to be clear, Michael, we're still not finished the year. If there's additional mm. money needed for this year, that will be dealt with uh, separately in, in, in the estimate process, which we do in the month. I understand, but that will bring what was allocated year. last year up by a billion, if not yeah, two, if not two billion. Yeah, and and likewise, like, like what happens with health service because it's activity led. If during next year more money is required, then we have to find that. But I think it, I want to cur- it is wrong for you or anybody else to say that the health service budget has not increased. It, it hasn't. has increased by over a billion. I I'm looking at it here. And yeah, it's 22.5 billion, uh, and last year it was 21.124 billion. So yes, there is an increase, but when you take into account the overrun, it's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, we will deal with the overrun in this as money. What, 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 what is guaranteed extra additional money is over a billion. Now, that's important, but, but, but bear in mind, that is an increase of over 20, you know, we're spending nearly 22 billion on our health service. In my view, we have to get better bang for our buck out of that. And thankfully, that money has generated an extra 20,000 people working in our health service over the last couple of years. But we need to build on that because we all know okay. there's still delays in services in many parts right, of the uh, and we want to increase that and improve that. But to me, we're on, we're on a positive when it comes to investing in our health service because I remember the health budget being less than 10 billion. You know, so we were, we're making progress, but it's to get better use of okay. that money is what everybody wants. Darren O'Rourke, uh, would you be concerned about the emergency department in Navan, given that it's unsafe uh, and that there is no money available to the health service uh, to uh, improve on it or to provide additional services? I, I'm concerned about uh, health services across the board. I have to say, Michael, and um, I, I and I get no reassurance from the budget that was announced yesterday. And the MN can present the you know the figures in, in a certain way, but in, in truth, and we all know this that additional funding is needed. Significant additional funding is needed in our health services just to stand still. And the government haven't even provided for that. So when we look across the board and we can look at emergency departments, we can look at the acute hospital sector, we can particularly look at the community sector, disability, mental health, the level of funding. We know there is a huge unmet need, particularly in our own county and in our own region where we've seen you know, a, a significant population increase. There is huge unmet need and there is, without a shadow of doubt, that's not going to be addressed with the, with the budget that was announced yesterday. And that is, uh, you know, it's simply not good enough given the, the state of the, the, the public finances. It's not good enough. Okay, uh, let's talk uh, about your own remit uh, and that of climate change. Uh, quite a, a number of measures uh, will be taken as a result of what was announced yesterday. Do you believe uh, that we'll see positive change? Well, I, I don't, Michael, and, and it's a similar. I, I would, you know, I would characterise this 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 budget um, as as you know more of the same um, you know really where you know but very significant positive uh, uh, finances in terms of the, the state coffers I believe and Sinn Féin certainly believe that uh, you know when it comes to housing health climate across the board what we needed was a step change a change of path what we have is a doubling down by government you know an insistence that they are on the right path despite all the, you know, indicators to the contrary. And the same applies in relation to climate. You know, the, 
the big idea, and I think it's you know it, it's welcome in certain respects, is the the indication of of a, a, f- a future fund that's there. But in reality, that future fund, there's huge question marks in relation to it. It doesn't become available until at least 2026. It doesn't become available unless there's a downturn in the economy. So, for example, in County Meath, where mm. we say in, in Sinn Féin, a game changer for our county would be the immediate delivery of the, the Navin Rail Line investment now commitment of additional funding in the National Development Plan between now and 2030 to ensure that it's not in the middle of the next decade when that project is delivered. But if you spend the money now, what do you do when the rainy day comes? No, well I, well, I think we're in the middle of a crisis. That's my, my, that's my point, Michael, and particularly in relation to climate. The, the, the clock is literally ticking in relation to we've got 20, 30 targets that were set to miss. You know, this government, uh, I, I would say it's very fair to say, has maxed out, maxed out its carbon budget. It will increase emissions year on year. It will be nowhere near on track. What we need to do is like deliver transformational change in public uh, transport, the, the game changer in County Mead is the deliver of the Navin, Navin Rail project, and it isn't funded out to 2030. Uh, and and that could have changed yesterday. And, and Sinn Féin's alternative budget, it, it, we specifically uh, earmarked funding for that to deliver it uh, year on year. OK. Was that a missed opportunity, Damien English? OK. So I'll make a couple of points, Michael. Just to, just to be clear, those two funds are, are setting aside capital money for the future, for years, for years where, where we could end up, you know, in difficult circumstances, we might not have enough money. So they are future-proofing the spend for this country so that we don't go back to the past where capital spend gets reduced in difficult times. We are also spending money this year and next year on capital. The capital spend for next year is over $13 billion. Now, literally, only six or seven years ago, that was about a billion. So we are investing in capital projects. That's for all the infrastructure that we need, hospitals, schools, education, roads, rail, and so on. That's absolutely happening, and at pace, I would say. Uh, But we're also future-proofing to make sure there's enough money for the future to do that. Also, those funds will be invested in projects in Ireland, and the return from that can be used as current spend. But you're investing in infrastructure and getting a return long-term as well, which makes total and utter common sense. And I'm glad that this country's in a position to be able to do that. In relation to Navin Rail, Darren knows now. The team of consultants have been appointed to make this happen. It's something we've all fought for for years and years and years. The money is set aside. The money is set aside to bring it through all the development, through all the stages. And then as soon as it's ready for capital spend, it can happen. If you decided tomorrow to, to build the railway line and, had, and, and the money was sitting there, it would still take four or five years to order the railway carriages and to, and to have them delivered here as well. So... I, it's, that's, no matter who was in government tomorrow, it would take at least four or five years. I believe we're on track to achieve this railway line um, sooner than the target set out. But certainly, to be honest with everybody, you're still talking six, seven years at a minimum for all that has to happen to mm. make it happen. But was... That's not an issue of money. That's set aside. That is now happening. And thankfully, that's after long years of all of us, every party, working hard for this. And I still have policies as the number one for me is the railway line. And thankfully, it's coming because we need it badly. All right, uh, Darren O'Rourke, uh, the argument there is it'll happen as quickly as is possible. Well, just to be clear in relation to it, and, and look, it, it is to be honest, enough. Darren, you have to admit you could not deliver it any quicker. Now, let's be honest with people. We, no, we, we, we absolutely could deliver it quickly because it's, it's, it's a statement of fact to say, Damien, that there are €35 billion Euro of transport projects committed to... Darren, and, Darren, and, Darren no, you know I didn't interrupt you. I didn't interrupt you. 
I didn't. I didn't interrupt you. Now, did. I didn't. I didn't. So, so let's let's be very clear here. And this is a statement of fact. And let let Damien English or anybody come back, come back and correct me after this interview. There are 35 billion euro of projects committed to and funded in the national development plan in transport out to 2030. The Navan rail line is not one of those. There are 100 billion euro of projects that are, you know, earmarked for delivery post-2030. What we need to do to deliver the Navan rail line uninterrupted is to add additional money now into the National Development Plan. That hasn't happened by this government. They didn't, they missed an opportunity to do it yesterday. Sinn Féin have said in relation to the Navan rail line and the Western Rail Corridor, we would do that today. And that would ensure the delivery uh, uninterrupted. We don't have that from this government, and that's a problem. So, so if I you can fix that, Damien, well and good. That's, Darren, that's what I'm asking for. Let's be clear here. You have not said today how quick you would build the Navan Railway Line. I am we, telling we you. Would, I, I'll, you. Tell you, I'll tell you. Come on, we be honest. Deliver, we would, so, so, so the target date under your government is mid-2030, so 2035. Sinn Féin would deliver it by the end of the decade. And that is the timeline that was set out by ACOM year on year. They said to deliver it from design so, to construction would so, take so Darren, we are so, so we are the same, Darren. We are in government who is making same. it happen, has allocated the money, and our timelines are the same. Because finally you're being honest with people. That's, that's the, the same how is timeline. The same? How is that the same? You haven't allocated the money and we're saying we would do it six years before you would do it. That's not the same, Damien. So Michael, he's All right, let's, uh, the end, the let, let's move on from that because we're obviously going to uh, get an agreement. Uh, cigarettes have gone up by 75 cents. Uh, the cost of a, a packet of cigarettes now close to 17 euro. It's incredible, uh, but welcomed by a, a lot of people. Damien English, uh, were you disappointed uh, that nothing was done to uh, see taxes on vaping? I think, of course, I'm disappointed because we want it to happen as quick as we possibly can. But the reality is, to bring in a, a new tax on new products like that, there's a little bit of um, complications around that. We are committed to, to two things here, because we know there are, now, there are major scores uh, in our communities. So there's two things happening. There's legislation coming through uh, to try to deter the uses of them around uh, who can buy them, who can sell them around the, the use of them and other education programs as well. So that, to me, is the most beneficial use. And yes, I do think uh, extra taxes on them will also help to tell them. They will come in probably in next year's budget, but there's a process to go through to get to that stage as well. But to me, it's a welcome a welcome initiative that we are nowhere going there because mm. we have seen how these vaping uh, has become so common now and we need to push back on that and to protect our young people and many others as well. When these products originally came out, many thought there would be a health benefit to help people come off cigarettes. But I'm afraid that's those benefits have been well eroded now by many others who are starting the process by going vaping first. That's what we want to push back on, and I'm glad that the legislation will deal with that as well. Michael, one other point I want to say as well, because I've heard some commentary around that the housing hasn't increased. The housing capital budget absolutely is increasing next year. It's gone up by nearly 10%. There'll be well over $5 billion of taxpayers' money, along with many others' private money, into house, mm. which we'll see a spend in this country uh, uh, that will continue to deliver 30,000 in, in line with the housing for all plan uh, and yesterday's announcement, announcement made absolutely no difference but, 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 but again Michael that's because we have put in place unlike yeah. other parties multi but that's the commentary that you've been housing. hearing that's the commentary so, that well, no, no, no the commentary does not reflect that there is increased capital money set aside 
already in the budget for next year and it's gone up again. But you're and just you're just trying to, to blur the issue. Why why are you trying to blur the issue? No. I mean everybody no understands that. Everybody no, under- understands that. They don't because they've been given the impression that there's less money being spent or no increase. No, that there, there is no increase on what was already increases. planned to spend. Because we yesterday's budget, yesterday's budget, yeah, budget uh, made the funding available as planned, but there's been no increase in the amount planned. So, so to confirm the way it works, your budget has to be finalised to confirm the spending, and it confirms yes, an increase of ten percent over five billion. Only a couple of years ago, when mm. I was in the housing department, we had less than a billion. So, just to put it in context. Housing is being fixed. We all want it to happen quicker, but the only way you can fix it is to commit a spend of the region of five or six billion a year every year, and we are doing that. Okay. And it will fix it. What do you make of that, Darren O'Rourke? Well, 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 to repeat what I said at, at the outset, and I don't think there's any confusion in relation to this, I think people are very clear on what the government is doing and has been doing for the last long time and what they intend to do. I said at the outset, yesterday was an opportunity for the government to change track, to get off their failed approach, whether that's in terms of housing, health, climate. They did not take that decision. They have doubled down on their plans. They're a continuation. There is no new capital spend in addition to what was already committed. That wasn't enough. It wasn't going to deliver. It hasn't been delivering. The same in relation to the targets. There was no new targets. The existing targets have been failing to deliver for people. Look in County Mead in terms of affordability, in terms of the availability of, of accommodation, and look, at, look in terms of homelessness. The plan is failing. We need a new plan. In my opinion, we need a new government. Okay. And I, I, I Michael, again, if anybody takes the time to analyse all the alternative plans provided by the opposition, they will see that the, the, the government are committed to building more houses than okay. others, even their own party. Okay, look, we, 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 leave, we, we leave that there for the moment. Uh, just before you leave us, though, altogether, I just want to ask you uh, about uh, some very important talks that will take place tomorrow uh, on the future of Tara Mines. Uh, are, are you hearing anything uh, from uh, the company uh, and any indication as to when the mine may reopen, first of all, Damien English? So, so two things, Michael, I think we want to, everyone needs to know and, and I think understands this. There is a long-term future for Tara Mines there if we can secure the funding and get into charity. That's number one. And there's been a lot of engagement directly with, with the, between the unions and the company, but also the company and government and the government and the unions over the last couple of months trying to walk through possible solutions. And there's a great effort being made there by everybody. So I am positive for the future. You know, and yes, tomorrow's part of that, but there's, there's other talks that go on over the week ahead as well. But I am very positive. Everybody's aim here is to get back in there as quickly as you possibly can. And I have to say, there's great efforts we made across the board and hopefully that will get us back in there. Okay, uh, but you're not expecting a significant announcement tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not saying tomorrow. Of course, I'd love if it comes, yeah. but, but I, I can't promise it'll come tomorrow. But I am expecting that, you know, because of everyone's efforts over the last couple of months, that we, we are on the right track. But I mean, okay. we have to also recognise that the price still is not where, 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 sure, where we sure. hope it will go. Okay. But, so we will need. Uh, Darren da- O'Rourke, uh, what are you hearing? Look, I, I think, um, you know, w- we will hear the, the outcome. Um, I think it's really important in the meantime that there is like, full support from government, uh, from from uh, the agencies involved uh, uh, to ensure that, that uh, the news is positive um, and that 
uh, the issues that, that have been long-standing will, will be addressed. I think it's also important in the meantime, and I've, I and colleagues have been dealing with, I'm sure Damien has as well, with, with individual workers uh, at Tara Mines. I think it's really important that the supports are there in the meantime for for workers and we get the mine open as quickly as is possible, um, but that, that, that there are okay. supports in the meantime and that there is full support from, from government and its agencies. Okay, we'll leave it there. Thank you both very much indeed uh, for joining us on uh, the programme today. That was uh, Darren O'Rourke, who's a Sinn Féin TD for Meath East. We were also speaking with Damien English, a Fine Gael TD for Meath West. Michael, Michael Reed on LMFM. Yeah, some of uh, the comments before we finish up uh, and quite a lot of people in touch objecting to Damien English being on the programme. We've an email from Theresa Riley who says, I'm sorry, Michael, but as soon as Damien English comes on air, I have to change the station. I cannot listen to a man who has lied so much to us over the years. He has some neck thinking that any figures or assurances from him on anything would be taken as anything else than more lies and BS. Strong thoughts uh, there from Theresa Riley, not the only person who has been in touch with us. Uh, Somebody, uh, Harry, saying, for God's sake, how can you uh, even let a failed politician preach to you and us, get English off, he never stands up, for Navin Hospital. Uh, we'd uh, somebody else uh, then saying Damien English back on LMFM radio preaching about being honest. Enough. Time to switch off. That was Emma. Thanks for that, Emma. Uh, another text then from somebody who says, how dare Damien English tell Darren O'Rourke to come clean with the people? Did he come clean? Uh, I wouldn't believe a word out of his mouth. Very strong thoughts uh, on the text line. Thank you uh, indeed. Uh, Somebody else uh, then texting asking us if we could mention to the Justice Minister that we need a lot more Gardaí in country areas. The amount of boy racers on uh, the Wilkinstown to Gibstown Road in their white Lexus and backfiring. It's very frightening. Thank you too uh, for your message. Uh, Somebody else then asking us to tell you that if you have any concerns about reservations about proposed wind turbines Uh, in Haggardstown there's uh, a public meeting an open meeting on the Wuji site is that I hope I'm pronouncing that pronouncing that right I'm sure people locally will know Uh, it's at half five today for anyone who is interested thanks to Jim who's been in touch with us as well Jim on the phone today saying he's sick of listening to opposition slagging off government over every announcement in the budget. Opposition has the easiest job by picking holes in everything and throw everything at the wall until something sticks. I hope we all remember these comments when it comes to Sinn Féin's inevitable victory in the next election. Thanks, uh, Jim, as I say, for your call. Mary was in touch with us today as well. Mary thinks the budget it fails to deliver for so many sectors of society as always those on social welfare are being well looked after as are those with children what
What about single people or people who don't own their own homes? Yesterday's announcements will make little or no difference to their situation, she says. Thanks as well, Mary, for your call. Davy has been on the phone to us today too and Davy wants to know when is the government going to do away with the universal social charge? Once and for all, the USC was only ever supposed to be a temporary measure. So why are they dragging their heels on getting rid of it if it was gone? It would make a huge difference for so many people. Thank you as well, Davy for your call to the programme. Margaret was in touch with us today too and she says the price of cigarettes now through the roof. Surely this is only going to lead to more illegal cigarettes being sold and uh, the contraband market uh, growing in size. Perhaps, perhaps not. That has to be the final word on the programme today, though our time has run out on us once again. Thanks to Maggie McGuire, who researched today. Chris Murray was in the control tower. I'm Michael, and God willing, yeah, we'll see you for our next programme tomorrow morning at 9am right here on LMFM. Good morning, bye-bye. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie